Welcome to Gut Wisdom, a show about work, life, and how to succeed in both. It's radio that resonates. Now, here are your hosts, Deirdre Koppelman and J.G. John Gassman. Hey, everybody. Welcome to tonight's show. And this is going to be, again, I keep saying this every show, but this is going to be the most amazing show. What do you think about a mission to inspire humanity? What does that bring up in your mind when I say a mission to inspire humanity? I would bet that your first thought isn't that this is a mission statement for an airline. And you know what? It is. I'm John Gassman, a.k.a. JG. We'll be joined by Deirdre Koppelman as well, the host of tonight's show. And we're joined with Robin Hayes. He is the CEO of everyone's favorite airline, JetBlue. And JetBlue is right here in our own backyard in Long Island City. So this is just awesome. So one of the things, you know, flying is probably one of the major stressors I think people have in life. And about 17 or 18 years ago, JetBlue was founded with a mission to inspire humanity. And they do that through their exceptional customer service that the entire crew and team provide every passenger with. And that's the differentiator. And we're going to learn lessons from Robin tonight about his leadership, the company, their values, and how they execute amazing customer service. And if you have not flown on JetBlue before, I'm telling you, you're missing out on on something tremendous. So with that said, you're listening to Gut Wisdom, radio that resonates on WCBS News Radio 880 tonight. And stay tuned as we have Robin Hayes, the CEO of JetBlue. WCBS. Delays of two hours plus. With drive time traffic every five minutes, live from Chopper 880. We're just getting the first look here. Plus all the latest news. Several buildings have been evacuated. WCBS News Radio 880. Hey, everybody. We are here tonight in studio at WCBS, and we have a special guest, Robin Hayes. Robin Hayes is the CEO of our favorite airline, JetBlue. And, you know, it was kind of interesting as Deirdre and I were doing a lot of research on the airlines. We had just come back from a big trip and we were commenting on how amazing this company is. And we started doing a little more research on it. And I read JetBlue's mission is to inspire humanity, both in the air and on the ground. And that's something you wouldn't think about an airline saying, I mean, how many times Deirdre and I have read mission statements, uh, vision statements, core values, but this one really uh, struck a chord, and we thought it's pretty heavy stuff to hear inspire humanity. So with that, let's bring on our guest, Robin Hayes, the CEO of JetBlue. I'm John Gassman, along here with Deirdre Koppelman, my partner in crime, and you're listening to Gut Wisdom. Hey, Robin, you there? Yes. Good Welcome. Evening. Good evening. Yes, we are so pumped and excited to hear your voice and uh, learn about you, learn about the company, and uh, how you make this company so great, because there are so many other, you know, I don't want to say there's competition, but there are a lot of big airlines out there that uh, predominantly, I don't know, they have most of the uh, most passengers out there, and you guys have, what, 20,000 employees, 40, you're doing about 40 million customers a year. I mean, it's it's pretty big. 
Yeah, yeah, no, and uh, great, great to be with you and to uh, share a little bit of the uh, JetBlue story. Um, words are important at JetBlue, so we are about uh, 21,000 uh, crew members. We don't use the yeah. word uh, employees, and it was great to hear the word customer because uh, we don't use the word passenger at, at JetBlue. And um, you know, very, very interesting story when the airline was uh, founded. Um, uh, our founder was um, uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, David Newman. Yes. Uh, when he created uh, JetBlue, you know, he really wanted to create a different type of uh, airline. So the the team he put together, which included uh, Dave Barger, who was then the second CEO when uh, David left, um, really wanted to focus on something different. And, you know, just a little bit of history. Back in 1978, when the U.S. industry was uh, deregulated, uh, President Carter uh, abolished the uh, CAB, which was the organization that existed before then that told airlines where they could fly and how much they could charge. And from 1978 into the late 90s, it really created this uh, gold rush of airlines all looking to grow, build market share, build big hubs. And Unfortunately, the industry was just chronically unprofitable. And so as JetBlue uh, was created, uh, the idea was uh, formed in the very late 90s by David and his team. The industry was in a dreadful mess. It was losing money. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was removing uh, facilities and services from customers. Uh, planes were late. Uh, planes were old. And, and David really wanted to create an airline that put the uh, crew member um, our word for employee and the customer at the heart of what we do. And that really sure. gave, uh, that really formed the mission back then uh, of uh, bringing humanity back to air travel. And we have shortened it and updated it over the years to now simply read Inspire Humanity. Well, it, it, I love the story because in and of itself, with a lot of the companies that we work with, at least that we first come into to help, you know, we do uh, culture and morale studies, and what we find is with a lot of companies, the culture, the morale is kind of down. It's not where it should be at the high level. And when you have happy employees, that tends to lend itself to having happy customers. And right. what we have found with JetBlue, and again, both Deirdre and I are our customers mosaic at that level, and we love how you guys play such an importance on the investing in your people, delivering an amazing customer experience, which definitely shows. I've never been on any airline other than JetBlue. I mean, all the all the airlines overbook. And that's one thing I've never seen with JetBlue in, I don't know, 15 years. And it's amazing to me that you don't overbook. I never hear, hey, we're, we, we need passengers to get off. We'll give you $500. Uh, <laughs> why, how is that? Yeah, no. Look, we never um, uh, we never have overbooked, and, and I think again, when David and the team sat down to uh, create this different type of airline, um, you know, overbooking was something that really was seen to be inconsistent with uh, bringing humanity back to air travel. You've saved all that money up to go on your trip. You get there to the airport, and then they tell you you don't have a seat, and you know that, that's what that's that, that's what's wrong with our industry, and so. You know, I think that's just one of many things. But I think, um, you know, I love your discussion. By the way, thank you for being Mosaics. We we truly appreciate that. We uh, couldn't do any of this without our customers. But you have to put your people at the heart of your company because uh, if you don't, we can't be successful. I mean, in the U.S., 
we compete now against four very large airlines with a lot of power, yeah. um, a lot of gates, a lot of slots. And uh, JetBlue as a as a newer airline, you know, we have to be different, and we can't. We have to compete, and and we focus very much on that service. And we can't provide inspiring service for our customers if our crew members don't feel inspired to come to work. So a lot of our energy and effort is around um, hiring the right people and then making sure when they're here, uh, they feel inspired to uh, come to work every day. You know, also I, I read in this year's Corporate Responsibility Report, quote, JetBlue flies planes, but it ultimately connects people, unquote. So tell us how JetBlue takes care of your, how how you guys, JetBlue, takes care of customers in times of crisis. You know, I saw something uh, about when the when the big hurricanes hit down in Florida, you guys chopped your prices, I mean, down to nickels and pickles uh, to help people. And that, that was pretty impressive and things that are going on in Puerto Rico. So how, how are you guys doing this so well? <laughs> well, you know, we've always sort of taken the view that we fly into communities and we want to be part of that community. And I think a lot of uh, companies will say that, but then they don't really do anything. And, you know, what we can do is help people when they most need it. And so when the hurricanes hit, both in uh, Florida and and obviously Texas and the Caribbean this year, we wanted to be a very active partner. And, you know, one of the criticisms that airlines come under when these events happen is that they increase their fares. And, that's the last thing people need who are looking to get out of harm's way. And so we took a, a deliberate decision to actually cut fares and cap fares and uh, add flights, all of which we did very quickly. And also flying in a lot of uh, aid and, and support to uh, help those uh, communities because we want to be a uh, long-term partner. And to be yeah. a long-term partner, you have to be authentic and you have to do the things that people um, need the most. Well, I guess that's one of the reasons that in 2016, uh, Forbes named you as one of the top 10 best places to work in the United States. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. We yeah. were very on, on it. You know, it's funny. I, I say every two weeks I go down to orientation to meet all of our new crew members who are, who are joining us. And um, uh, I actually say to them, of all the awards we win, this is the one we're most proud of because it's the one that comes from you. Oh, wow. And that's kind of unique. You don't hear of many uh, CEOs uh, flying down to uh, meet new hires and introduce them to the culture, to the company, and share with them things that are going on there. That, that's very unique. I've never, I've never seen that before. No, I mean, it really, uh, it's important. It, by the way, it's not just me. It's its its the leadership team, and uh, we we love meeting. Um, you know, my, my favorite line is, uh, it's harder to get into uh, JetBlue than Harvard because uh, we, we have about a quarter of a million applications every year for about two to 3,000 job positions that we accept. So, um, I, you know, I first of all, I want to go down and say congratulations because uh, you are in that top 1% to 2% that we have uh, – selected so you're very special and uh, we need you to keep this company powering forward um you know you are now uh, all part of that sort of uh, culture that we need to nurture and protect and and we talk about the company strategy and where we're going and we get the crew members get a chance to uh, 
answer questions. But then they know us, you know, and then three weeks later or three months later, when we're, we're passing through the airport or we're getting on a flight and they have a question or concern, the fact that they've already met uh, me and other members of the leadership team means they're very comfortable coming up and, and, and you know, sharing a suggestion or thought. Well, you know, also I read how you guys just uh, built, was it recently, a hotel for your employees to relax at, uh, to stay at, vacation at, and uh, that's something that you don't see often. Yeah, so it's, uh, we call it The Lodge, and the actually lodge. <laughs> uh, it's, um, it's down in Florida, uh, Orlando, right next to our university, and it's somewhere our crew members will stay when they're attending training. And um, again, when we go down there, we'll, we'll stay there as well, and it's another chance to uh, uh, mix and mingle in a more relaxed uh, setting. Yeah, fascinating. You're, you know, I've interviewed a lot of CEOs. Deirdre and I have worked with a lot of CEOs, and not because of your accent, just your way of being. <laughs> Where are you from originally? Is it uh, London? London. Ah, good old London. In the United Kingdom. In the UK, across mm-hmm. the pond. Across the pond. Well, th- there's definitely some uniqueness as to the way you operate, because I think, and and I would add. You can teach a lot of CEOs a good way of being, a good way to operate their businesses, how to connect with their employees, how to really develop a culture that fosters growth, and uh, it's all about the the customer and the employee, and uh, you don't see that as much in a corporate America. Well, I think you know. I think it's particularly important for a service related business because I think that, you know, I I, um, I always say to uh, our crew members that, um, you know, we, we, none of us, we almost made it step in and, and do each other's jobs. And so we, you know, we do other things here, like uh, we have a, a Blue Unity program, which means that during holiday period, leaders will go and uh, working airports alongside frontline crew members to mm-hmm. you know help help and and that's how we stay in touch because if if leaders if we live in these ivory towers and we don't know what's really going on we can't make the right uh, decisions and you know it's um one of the principles of leadership at JetBlue that we espouse is that of servant leadership and so we are here really to support and remove the obstacles for our frontline crew members so they can get on with the job of uh, delighting and inspiring our customers Well, I love it. Let's hold that thought because we're going to go to a quick break. But I want to share with our listeners, if you're interested in our upcoming book on leadership, I want you to email Deirdre at dk at gutwisdom.com. And remember, it's gut wisdom with a Z, not an S, to reserve your copy. We're almost done with it. And I'm sure Deirdre wants to hear from you about what your thoughts are on it. So coming up next, we have Robin Hayes again, the CEO of JetBlue. He's staying with us to share more stories and wisdoms from JetBlue. Stay tuned. More drive time traffic. A collision approaching the Tappan Zee Bridge. More often. Triborough Bridge is the problem. Weekday mornings and afternoons on WCBS 880. You're never more than five minutes away from the latest traffic news. A lot of volume across the upper level now at the uh, GWB. When you need to know, we've got you covered. Inbound Midtown Tunnel, there's a stall past the toll. Traffic and weather together, plus the new bridge and tunnel update. Only on New York's traffic station. WCBS News Radio 880. Tonight, we've got wisdoms from Robin Hayes, the CEO of JetBlue. How lucky we are to have tonight 
the CEO of this rock star company. Deirdre and I both feel it's it's the number one airline. So anyways, I'm JG, also known as Jonathan Gassman, and we are tuning into Gut Wisdom. We have Deirdre Koppelman joining us as well. Say hi, D. Hi, everybody. Yeah, where are you, D? You're not in studio with me. I know. So I miss you. Lis- Thank you. I miss you, too. Our listeners, uh, some of you know I had some surgery, so this was a little bit of a delay in terms of recovery. Um, so I'm actually calling in, but I, this is a show that there's just no way I would miss. And as much as I love you, JG, there's just <laughs> there's something about me and JetBlue <laughs> that I don't even think Robin is aware of yet until he hears it directly from me. So I'm super excited. <laughs> it sounds like it's kind of incestuous. Uh, maybe we shouldn't be talking about this on the radio, Deirdre. <laughs> well, I'm very excited and. I think what, Robin, you there? Can you hear me? I'm here. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that was very kind. Yeah. So I have been a JetBlue flyer for since the beginning. Since 1999, I think. Ooh, since, since the first flights, you know, were leaving from JFK to, like, I believe we used to go to Florida. That was like the big... JFK, Fort Lauderdale. That was the first that, flight. That was did, it, yeah. right? Yeah. So all of the lovely families on Long Island who were leaving mm-hmm. with their little kitties for holiday breaks... It was a mad rush. It was JetBlue was and, and and still is okay, which is my point. The only airline to fly, and I remember from then. Wow. So my kids, of course, are much older now, and I fly around the country. Oh, I don't know, at least once a month, if not twice a month, working with clients. And my airline of choice is still, still, JetBlue. I'm a Mosaic member, which I love, but there's a reason why, and and I started observing without you even knowing, Robin. So here I am. Who am I? The C- we have the CEO of JetBlue. I've been observing your company, um, and your, not just your customer service, but the aspect of hospitality. Right. And uh, and being a frequent flyer, not only on uh, you know JetBlue as a Mosaic member, but Sometimes you don't fly where I need you to fly, and and we can have a separate conversation about that because I really need you to fly everywhere that I go. (laughs) I was observing, I have been observing for years, what is, there is a difference, number one. So it's a a flat out, there is something different about this airline, number one. What are those things? And, And if you don't mind, I'd like to share with you my observations and why it was such a um, passion once JG and I launched Gut Wisdom with WCBS, I had to have you, we had to have you share what makes these these differences, the sum of these differences so tremendous that you're leagues ahead. And here are some of the differences that I noticed for years that are consistent. There's a humility this is an airline to me that as good as you are, you're humble. Anybody I've ever seen, whether they see me at JFK because they already know me at the gate when I'm taking, you know, a West Coast, you know, a the red eyes, country, the red <laughs> eye, whatever, they all know me. There is <laughs> such a level of pride mm. that each person that I've met in each different role, whether it's somebody, a customer service line, it's somebody in person, it's a gate agent, it's a flight attendant, it's a pilot, it, 
whoever it is, Robin, there is pride and ownership. This is, these are things, so humility and pride and ownership, things that have not changed that right. I have seen. And yeah. I've sat and I've wondered, how is it possible in a what one might call a commodity business, right? We can all get an airline ticket based on price whenever we feel like it from 50 million different websites. How do you keep that difference? It's a, it's a palatable difference. How do you keep that difference going at JetBlue? Well, I think, um, you know, your culture is so important to our company because we aren't an airline that is, you know, we, I mean, hopefully one day we'll fly everywhere you want to go, but we're still growing. And so we're not this airline with this large network that can take its customers for granted. We have to earn every customer, um, you know, pretty much every route that we fly has a competitor. And so I, I just think there's this amazing competitiveness and, and um, uh, team spiritedness from our crew members to want to be the best. And it's a culture where um, frontline crew members and leaders will spend a lot of time interacting. I mean, I said to my leaders, you all need to be able to do the job of someone that works for you um, mm. because we can't sit in the ivory tower. We have to be out and about in the operation. We have to be in the break rooms understanding because we're not perfect and there's a lot more we have to improve. But unless we are hearing that directly from our crew members, we don't know what those things uh, are. So that time is important. And I do think, you know, when we hire people from outside the industry or from other airlines into leadership positions at JetBlue, one thing they all comment on is how um, special the culture is here and how much time they have to spend in those internal um, uh, kind of meetings, pocket sessions, town halls, whatever, whatever you want to call them. Um, and also giving our crew members the empowerment to help customers. I mean, I think one of the most frustrating things is that if you have a customer in front of you who needs assistance, but you do, you're not authorized to give it. And we've seen some other airlines get in trouble with that yeah. this year. And so we have something called a, a Blue Hero, where we allow our crew members to make a values-based decision. We haven't talked about values much yet, yet, but that's another incredibly important thing that goes with our mission of inspiring humanity is the five values of safety, caring, integrity, passion, and fun. And so using the caring value, make a decision that um, helps that uh, customer. And uh, I think our crew members appreciate having that uh, level of... Uh, uh, empowerment. Yeah, it, that's what well, I was just going to say. If you're, you know, it's one thing to have values, and JG, you know, we've seen this all the time. Companies have values. You want to be living those values. You want everybody in the organization to be living the values. But if you don't give them permission and empower them to make some of those decisions so that they can live those values, um, therein lies a huge disconnect. I mean, there I've seen such a disconnect. In and I won't mention other airlines, obviously, but where it's almost as if the flyer, the customer, is it's just a given. There's no appreciation. I don't know what the values are of anybody else's uh, airlines, but I can tell you there's a lot of people that are not empowered. Their first answer, their first go-to is, no, I'm sorry, those are the rules. No, I'm sorry, I can't do that. No, I'm sorry, I can't do that for you. No, I'm sorry. It's always a no. 
It's always you know, a no. And, 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 and we've and, se- and we've seen yeah. how many times have we flown together? Uh, somebody needs assistance. You know, they run right over the 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 crew runs right over. What can we do? How can we help you? They every time you get on the flight. Hi, welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being a mosaic client or a customer. Thank yeah. you for being a JetBlue flyer. I mean, the, it, it's then thanks. There's, there's appreciation. Which, then there's Mint, which, you know, Goes we'll have beyond. to talk about another time. How did you come <laughs> up with the uh, values? Let me make sure we got them right. The JetBlue airline values, safety, caring, integrity. Passion and fun. Uh, again, um, you know, um, when uh, one of the one of the sort of best things for me in this job is to better sit with uh, people like David Newman and Dave Barger, who were my predecessors, and sort of uh, talk to them a lot about the history. Because I'm, a, you know, I'm a big aviation historian, and JetBlue's a great um, story. And you know, what's really what really struck me as I was first sort of uh, doing my research to come here back in 2008 when I joined was. The, the, the David, the David Newman, Dave Barger, and the rest of the team, they created the mission and the values before the business plan. They really decided yeah. that, it, and it was a very strong statement that we're going to, because if we get the mission right, we get the values right, we'll build a culture we want. Because really a cu- culture wow. is how you live those values day to day. And I, I think that's an amazing story that I'm proud to share. So I, mean, I, I take no credit for it. I mean, I, I, what I... What I do, what I would say though, is that unlike a lot of companies, uh, every crew member knows the five values. You know, it's it's something that they have to research before. Don't I mean, don't come to a JetBlue interview and not what not know what those values are because it's not going to go very well. And um, <laughs> on day one, orientation and um, on the back of each crew member's ID, we yeah. have our five values and and some telephone numbers that might be helpful. And that's and that's it. And so. Those values are because there isn't a rule book for a lot of things. I mean, we're, we're in a regulated industry. There are certain things that we have to do in a certain way because, uh, you know, compliance is important. But yep. there's lots of decisions that you can't write a rule book for. And so you want crew members to make an individual decision based on those five Humanity. Values. Yeah, definitely about humanity. Did we discuss it's all yet? all connected. Did we discuss yet the fact about how you go down to Orlando yes. to personally welcome new hires? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just yeah. because I came late to the party, I apologize. <laughs> yeah. um, no, no, it's a great point. And, um, uh, you know, I, I think that whether it's that, whether it's, um, you know, um, uh, helping crew members with in-flight service, cleaning the airplanes uh, between flights, working in the airport, these are all jobs uh, that as leaders as as JetBlue we must uh, play a full part in. And you know what it's it's fascinating because when you get off a JetBlue flight uh, but let me let me go back a second even and say you know there's wisdom in something that you said about showing up to an interview knowing something about the company knowing their values and Deirdre I would say how many times have we sat on interviews with potential candidates right for our clients and they know nothing about the company. You know, so oh, yeah. I, I, I would I mean, tell people, you know, heed this advice, and that is, before you show up for the interview, go to the company's website, read their mission statement, know their values, know what they're about. That that's and, and, and I would also add, make sure that they resonate with you, because if they don't resonate with you, you're not going to fake. Yeah. You cannot fake that, you know, and be able to recite, hey, well, I understand that your values are blah blah, you know, safety and caring and ter- and passion and fun. And, and, but you know what? If that's not what your own values are, 
Don't bother yeah. going. You yeah. took, and you also the pride that the employee has. When we get off the flight, you know, unlike the old days where they had a cleaning crew come on an airplane and it was separate than the crew members, the steward, uh, the stewardesses and so on and so forth, where they would get off the plane, you know, you'd have the cleaning crew come in and they clean the plane. Now it's the crew itself that actually cleans the plane, you know, and they take pride. You see them smile, picking up whatever trash was left behind, whether it's a newspaper or a cup, and they all lift their heads as you walk down the aisle to get off the plane. Yeah. Even yeah. though they're they're doing another job, which you yeah. may say is beneath them, you know, they take pride yeah. in it and they say, thank you. Yeah. They, they, I want to hear know. some good, juicy stories from Robin because I know <laughs> that you have so much... Uh, not you know for all of us to learn whether we run an airline or not. Exactly. Um, I, I'm I'm just tickled. So if you you'll have a couple of stories when we come back from uh, from the short break, will you? Oh yes, be uh, delighted to. Yeah, good. JG. Yeah, great to have you. How you feeling, kiddo? Oh, surgery is like you got to be kidding. You know, I'm just one of those people where I say, oh, it's another thing on my to do list. And I'm prepared, and I done, I've checked all the boxes, and I'm doing to do what I have to do. And by this time next week, it'll be over, and I'll be recuperating, and a blah, a blah, a blah, which I still believe is the right attitude to have. I think, like anything else, when all of a sudden you get hit with some other things that are sort of like, wow, I didn't anticipate that. Wow, I didn't anticipate that. And then you have to become your own advocate in a, uh, you know, hospital environment. Setting, sure. It's, becomes a little stressful, but um, I have a lot of support around me. I'm fine. Uh, just taking a little bit longer to, yeah, you know, uh, to get you, on my feet. You know, one thing that I can attest to is your resiliency, uh, your ability to bounce back from uh, trials, tribulations is just incredible. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people get stuck. You know, they don't know how to get themselves out of a rut or a situation. And you are extremely uh, versatile and creative and imaginative so that you can do, you know, you could jump out of wow, anything. You and, must, yeah, you I've been drinking really the Kool-Aid. I do, I do. But <laughs> let, me, let me just share. For those of you that, that have missed uh, prior shows, please go on to the website, gutwisdom.com. Download prior episodes. You can download them from the site. You can go to iTunes and so many other places. Go to our Facebook page. Like the comments. Please put things up there. And uh, stay tuned because we have more wisdom coming from the JetBlue CEO, Robin Hayes. So exciting on WCBS News Radio 880. Stay tuned. Get the news you need whenever and wherever you need it. Follow WCBS on Twitter and like us on Facebook. You can even listen to WCBS on your phone with live streaming and audio on demand with the CBS local app. Stay connected with your favorite news radio station all day long. When you need to know, WCBS has you covered. Tonight on Gut Wisdom, we're chatting with the CEO of our favorite airline, JetBlue, Robin Hayes, all about the wisdoms he has learned from start to finish with this great company. And uh, I'm JG, also known as Jonathan Gassman, and we have also Big D, Deirdre Koppelman, who is the host of this show. Hey there. um, Hey, hey. And uh, life is good, right, D? Life is great, JJ. Are you kidding? <laughs> Jet, the CEO of JetBlue is on Gut Wisdom. What could be better? What could be better? <laughs> Our listeners. Oh, I'll give you a long list. <laughs> <laughs> nah. 
You're right up there with Oprah for us. Oh boy! Wow, Oprah. Yeah, no, this has been this has been the real deal. The real deal. So glad to uh, have Robin Hayes joining us. And uh, Gigi, did you ask Robin? I'm curious, Robin. Go ask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you trust your gut? Um, I, I think it's really interesting that you say that because I think that getting the right decision is um, a blend of uh, you know analysis, a blend of asking uh, people around you and going with your gut. And I you know and it's hard to put a formula around that, but I always say to leaders. If you're over reliant on analysis, if you're over reliant on what everyone else is telling you, or all you do is trust your gut, then I don't think you're going to make the right decision uh, a lot of the time. I think it's a, a blend of uh, a blend of those things. Mm-hmm. I like that answer. And I, you know, Mint's a good example because um, you know Mint was our premium experience that we launched um, in 2014, and th- that was very controversial within JetBlue because it was a big departure from anything we had done before. You know, we sure. already, already all always pride ourselves on being an egalitarian company right. where we treat everybody really well, and suddenly we were creating an experience that was going to um, create, you know, treat a smaller group of customers differently. And right. um, But really, that in the end, that was a, a decision that was um, partly based on gut, not, not just my gut, but other members of the leadership team on the board, because we knew we had to continue to innovate and disrupt, and that the large airlines in the U.S. had got um, really to a point in some of these transcom markets where they were gouging people with really high fares and yes. not delivering a great experience and we wanted to come in and uh, uh disrupt that but um you know that's a, an example where sometimes you you have to have a vision and you have to be willing to take a bit of a risk and and when you took that risk with mint which is i guess for all intents and purposes would you call it your first class oh uh, well you see we have all these words at JetBlue that we use and don't use and uh we we say first class is something the other airlines uh, in, pretend to have, um, whereas uh, we we wanted to create a sort of a unique mint experience for our customers. Right. So oh, the wow. mint experience. There you go. There's one way to make it not like a class system. Mm-hmm. The mint experience, which, as we mentioned before the break, I, I don't know how many mint flights I've taken. I I now having once Dozens. you take one, I can't take. I, it's hard for me to not have a mint experience. Um, because it's just so extraordinary. How many, when, obviously, so the gut was, okay, let's try this. How, what, how did you, how did you try it? Did you try it out on just a couple of, couple of flights? Like, what was the thought process that would bring you to the point of saying, okay, we made the right decision, let's roll it out? Well, it's, <laughs> you know, that's a great point. When we started, we um, originally said that we would put this um, on 11 airplanes, the Mint experience, all, all 321s, as we were taking these new airplanes in 2014 and early 2015, we would put Mint on 11, and we would fly them between uh, JFK LAX and JFK San Francisco, because those are the two routes in the U.S. that have the largest sort of premium uh, market. Yeah. And we said, we, we think they're going to do fine. We think they're going to do well. We think we found a way of uh, creating a better experience at a lower fare that customers are going to love, but you know, we weren't sure, and right. we 
started with those two routes and it's incredible literally less than three you know three well just over three years later by the end of sort of march 2018 will now be at 34 airplanes so over three times what we thought this would do and flying to not just from jfk to la and san francisco but from boston from fort lauderdale we've added um san diego we've added vegas we've announced seattle coming next year um and then we do sort of winter uh, seasonal uh, mint mark um, mint routes to places in the caribbean uh, we've announced palm springs uh, this winter and so it's become over three times what we thought it was and i can tell you i don't think we're anywhere near done yet we still see a tremendous demand for this product on on routes that we don't even fly it today absolutely uh-huh. absolutely the it's all about the customer experience and that's where the wisdom lies and the differentiation is between all the other uh airlines no names to be mentioned but whether it's the leather seats whether it's the most legroom the free wi-fi boy that really irks me that i have to pay for wi-fi <laughs> on other flights take no, heed inhumane the inhumane and that's goes right to the mission it's all about humanity so you know i i really feel that you know there's so many wisdoms and lessons to be learned from the customer experience provided by JetBlue. and the ritz carlton also had a very similar uh uh you know business process where they empowered all their employees to make certain decisions they stuck by a certain credo or motto to help transform the hotel and hospitality industry. And that's really what life is about, is really being the best that we can be and helping others give them the right type of experience. Right. right. But if you, right. you can't, you can't give an, you want to give an employee, you want to give all employees a fabulous experience, just as you want to give all customers a fabulous experience. So it's, it's an experience that is for all. Right, those right. They're the employees that are making things happening happen, and the deliverables, and of course, your end user. What I I'm going to come back to this point because I think this, aside from the fact that you have such, you know, your mission is to inspire humanity within the organization. So with your employees and with your customers, I think there's that added extra of trust, because if you are training and providing training and providing resources to your employees so that they can be the best that they can be and they can Mm -hmm. learn and grow, which means your end user customer is going to get, you know, Mm -hmm. a fabulous experience. For sure. What Mm -hmm. you're also doing is you're almost mitigating your risk, right? When you empower an employee and you give them the ability to make a decision, Make a, a lot. This is a human. This is a, a a decision that if we were talking about you and your grandmother, right. you this wouldn't be an a, a, of course an easy decision. Mm-hmm. But sometimes companies put so much fear into their employees, right? And so little trust, yeah. and of course very little resources to be better, learn more, etc. So mm-hmm. it's almost a self fulfilling prophecy. You, you're not going to trust your employees to make those decisions to give a better experience and to have a better experience themselves 
if you're not giving them the resources that they need to learn and grow and where you can trust them to make those decisions. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, otherwise it becomes a downward spiral of misery if if people don't feel uh, that that trust. And, and trust is important. I mean, we we ask a lot of our people. I mean, what we ask our people to do is a very difficult job. You know, we move over a thousand flights a day, you know, hundreds of thousands of customers, and we want to do it on time. We want to keep it safe and secure, and we operate in some of the most congested and complex airspace in the world. And so there's a there's an operational pressure there, but it's it's critical that our people feel um, they've got the tools to do the job and they they feel supported. And it's not always easy. You know, sometimes our people have to make some very difficult decisions. You know, do I do I wait for a flight for some connecting customers that are running late and 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 delay everybody else, or I do I let that go and 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 have to rebook the connecting customers? And there's thousands of those decisions every day that our frontline crew members have to make and right. um, they have to make it often with not much time to make a, a, a decision and so and safety I mean I can't stress how important that is I mean as much pressure that um, airlines could have op- you know when you're operating airplanes in and out of congested airports and there are slots there's a pressure to keep things on time and but, you know any one of our crew members knows they can take a safety time out at any time if they see something yeah. however small that they they don't like and it's 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 a critical part because um that's ultimately more than anything else is to keep our people and our customers safe and and secure and so you've got to have a culture that uh, backs that up and uh you know, one thing that I do every week with my leadership team is we sit down and we review every uh, safety incident or security incident that's happened that week. And we go deep and we go granular on what what happened. You know, it might just be uh, a bag fell off a conveyor belt. It might be someone slipped and, and fell. Uh, it might be, uh, you know, a small dent on the airplane that uh, a bird has perhaps made in flight. But we'll go through all of those and we'll understand how did we respond, and how can we be even more effective next time? And that's something we use in a lot of companies. To add to your point, looking at the experiences that people have had, what could we, what worked, what didn't work, where can we improve? So I love that. I love that wisdom of sitting down weekly with the leadership team and looking at ways of improvement. Here, here's a question, and. Um, you know, I heard that there's a new, by the way, I heard that there's a new program you guys are offering for the most loyal customers. Can you share anything about that? Right. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, uh, happy to. I think, um, you know, one of the uh, the things that uh, we wanted to do is to kind of, um, you know, we, and we've had this from our uh, crew members. Now, how can um, we better... Um, Use allow our mosaic customers who know us better than anybody else. They often know us better than uh, many of us. And uh, how can we use them to uh, better thank and acknowledge our crew members who who do an outstanding job? So uh, we're going to uh, launch a scheme here soon where uh, <laughs> our mosaic customers, like you guys, I can't um, wait. Just be- tell me how to help. Yeah. Uh, well, you'll be getting details soon, and uh, you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to recognize JetBlue crew members directly who. Uh, go out the way and um, we also plan to do something similar for our our crew members where uh, our crew members can also uh, when we have uh, customers who have displayed outstanding 
um, uh, you know, examples of, of kindness or compassion or humility uh, that our crew members can recognize our customers because we want this to be a, uh, a two-way street because uh, we, we, you know, we, uh, we, we can't uh, exist without uh, each other. Well, Robin Hayes, JetBlue, CEO. Well, a you, big you, – you, you just – yeah, go Take ahead, D. <laughs> no, it's all right. Go well, ahead, JG. Huge big thank you to Robin Hayes for being here with us. To you, our listeners, our partners here at WCBS, this uh, you, you couldn't ask for more. Just learning from the top guy at JetBlue how they run such an efficient, customer service oriented uh, company. And again, I'll share if you've missed the beginning of tonight's show. Download the show later. Previously aired shows can be found either by going to the website, gutwisdom.com. You'll find us on iTunes and play.it. And, uh, you know, we love the feedback from all of our listeners. So email Deirdre at DK at Gut Wisdom with any thoughts, comments you have. You Actually, you may even find yourself on the show if you have an interesting idea <laughs> or That's a topic. So, I can recommend that. <laughs> so so until, until we're back next week, have an amazing Gut Wisdom Saturday night. You've been listening to Gut Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880. Gut Wisdom comes your way every Saturday night at 7 p.m. on WCBS 880 or anytime at gutwisdom.com. That's wisdom spelled with a Z. 